Mountain Town by Ivory Harlow Sadie. I look at this. It's pink. Sadie carried the color swatches to the manager on duty at the front desk. The color sample's name is Rose Tan. I guess I expected more tan, less rose. She was clearly disappointed. What do you think, Rosario? I think it is pink, Rosario said flatly. Rosario had been the manager of the historic Mountain Town Hotel for over ten years. At some point, she'll show some expression, Sadie thought. Five, then ten years passed. Finally, Sadie accepted Rosario as a woman of few words. We can't paint the parlor pink. I don't care if it's historically accurate. It'd be an embarrassment. Cancel the order, will you? Rosa nodded. The Dunns owned three hotels in the region. Steve Dunn, Sadie's husband, was the third-generation owner, operator. Steve's grandfather purchased the hotels for pennies during the Great Depression. His father added amenities that travelers expected during the golden age of travel in the 1960s, air conditioning minibars and televisions. Steve went to college, earned a degree in business, and came back to work for his father in 1991. Under his father's supervision, Steve built restaurants with full-service bars at each location in 2000. His dad officially retired in 2010s but continued to micromanage Steve from his deathbed in 2015. Sadie's father-in-law's domineering attitude bothered her. But she admired the Dunn men's dedication to the family business and their commitment to maintain the hotel's history. History sets us apart from the Holiday Inn, Gerald Dunn always said. People stay at Dunn hotels for the experience. They want to travel back in time, but not without modern conveniences like Wi-Fi and a heated pool. We give them the best of both worlds. Sadie was in the hospice room when Steve's father uttered his last words to Steve. We put 100 years of blood, sweat, and tears in Dunn family hotels, Steve. Don't mess up. Steve nodded, resigned that he couldn't escape feeling he wasn't good enough, even after his father died. Since they began dating sophomore year of high school, Sadie could not remember a conversation between the men where Gerald didn't talk down to Steve. Steve's dad didn't acknowledge his accomplishments, from leading the Mountaineers to the state championship as the football team quarterback, to expanding Dunn Hotels to hospitality hubs, with three award-winning restaurants and bars. Sadie got the impression that Gerald would have preferred to leave anyone other than Steve in charge. But Steve was his only child, and keeping the business in the Dunn family was a tradition. Tisikin. Welcome class of 87. Sadie enlisted the help of city workers to hang a giant banner over Main Street. The workers perched on mobile work platforms on either side of Main, playing tug-of-war between streetlights. Sadie blocked traffic and barked orders. It's still off-center. Sadie yelled up at them as they repositioned the banner for the third time. She was standing in the middle of the street to stop traffic until the job was done. She peered into the windshields of the line of cars. The drivers were restless and annoyed. They averted their eyes, daring not to honk or hurry her. They knew who she was. Everybody knew who she was. Sadie was born and raised in Mountain Town. Nearly fifties years later, she had never lived outside the city limits. Sadie was a town figurehead of sorts. She organized the 10s and November 20, 2023 class reunions, 
and was making final preparations for the November 30, 2023 class reunion that weekend. Paging through her 1987 Mountaintown High School yearbook, Sadie saw herself on nearly every page, pep squad cheer captain, dance line, student council, homecoming queen, and voted most popular. Her blue eyes shined with happiness in the pictures. Now they looked tired, staring back at her in the bathroom mirror. She'd maintained the same golden blonde hair, thanks to salon visits every eight weeks. She only found two pictures of Steve during their senior year, his school picture and one of the Mountaineer football team. Steve paid little attention to anything other than football during high school, including dating. Aside from junior and senior prom, he never took Sadie on a non-football-related date. Their relationship consisted of football practices, football games and parties after football games. Steve played on the varsity football team all four years of high school. Some people made small talk that Steve only got the position of quarterback because of his family's prominent position in the community. Seeing him play dispelled the notion. Steve was a talented player. He was humble and a hard worker. Sadie admired that about him. She knew he could have thrown his surname around and gotten whatever he wanted, but he didn't. She admired that about him. Steve never leveraged the Dunn name because he never felt accepted or appreciated by his family. Nevertheless, he lived for his parents' approval. Sadie wondered who Steve would have become if he had rejected his father's plan for his life. She doubted he'd be in the hotel business. He probably would have taken a job in the city after college. Most mountain town kids did. Most were itching to leave the small, remote town for somewhere bigger, with better opportunities. Even those who wanted to stay ended up leaving because of the lack of infrastructure and jobs to build lives and raise families. Steve was not eager to work in the family business when he returned to Mountaintown with a freshly minted bachelor's in business. But over the years, Sadie watched the work suck the life out of him. He worked six days a week, 12 hours a day. Steve typically came home, poured himself a drink, plopped on the sofa, and watched ESPN while scrolling player stats on his phone. Sunday, Steve's only day off, they picked his 88-year-old mother up from her condo and took her to church and brunch. Mary struggled with dementia and barely knew who they were from week to week, but Sadie thought it was good for her to get out and give her staff a break. Maybe Steve felt like he didn't have a choice but to take the family business when Gerald was alive. Now that his father was deceased and Mary wouldn't know better, Sadie wondered why Steve didn't sell out. Their son, Stevie had no interest in the Dunn family empire. He was a sophomore in college, majoring in ecology. Their daughter Kate graduated from Mountaintown High School in the spring. She wanted to go to beauty school, but Steve was adamantly against it. I will pay for you to go to college, not to learn to do hair. Steve forbade her. I'll take out loans then, Kate shot back. Give up a free college degree to go into debt paying for beauty school? Don't be stupid, Kate. Sadie agreed on principle, but all those years of extended work hours meant Steve had never gotten to know their kids as she did. Kate wasn't college material. Her grades weren't good enough to get into a four-year school, which is why she was attending junior college. Furthermore, Kate wasn't interested in anything but beauty. She planned to take generals in the fall to buy time before declaring a major. Last. Kate wasn't smart like her brother. 
She did, however, have a pleasant appearance and personality. Beauty school was something Kate could do and would enjoy doing. Of course, Sadie would never convince Steve to let Kate follow her heart. It wasn't worth trying. Plus, part of Sadie wanted Kate to experience college, even if she only lasted a semester. Sadie regretted not having a college experience herself. She stayed in Mountaintown after high school, content to wait for Steve to come home, marry her, and start a family. She aspired to be Steve's wife and a stay-at-home mom. When the kids were teenagers with busy school and social lives, it occurred to Sadie that she would like to have a career of her own. By that time she was middle-aged, only had a high school diploma, and had never held a proper job. She was only qualified to bag groceries at Super S. That would bring shame to the Dunn name. Instead, Sadie manufactured her importance, becoming a figurehead of the Dunn family of hotels, a nominal leader without real power. She sat on the Mountain Town Chamber of Commerce Board of Directors, chairing events to boost the local tourism and hospitality industry. She took interest in aesthetic projects at the hotels. Sadie took it upon herself to select period-appropriate paint for the historic Mountain Town Hotel Parlor, circa 1912. She found the perfect 1920s replica glassware for the speakeasy bar at the Orland Hotel. Lately, she stayed busy planning her November 30, 2023 high school reunion. She poured so much of herself into it that she was already feeling anxious about how she'd fill time after the event this weekend. Their youngest child would leave the nest in a few weeks. The distance between her and Steve only seemed to widen as years passed. The third Sadie walked into the kitchen Monday morning before Kate left for her summer job, doing concierge for the hotels. Kate sat at the kitchen island, nibbling a Nutrigrain bar and scrolling TikTok. I need to make an appointment for a mani-pedi before the reunion on Saturday. Are you up for a mother-daughter date Thursday night? Depends. Are you taking me to dinner too? Kate teased. Sadie rolled her eyes. You're an expensive date? Yes, we'll grab a bite afterward. I'm on a diet for five more days, so no cheeseburgers at Carl's. Come on, Mom. You don't need to diet. I bet you can still wear your high school cheer uniform. Ha! Huh. Sadie laughed. Hell would freeze over before I'd wear that thing again. Sadie preserved her high school cheer uniform in dry-cleaning plastic. It hung next to her wedding dress in her overflow closet. She let Kate play with the palms when she was little. What are you wearing to the reunion? Kate set her phone down, suddenly interested when the topic turned to fashion. I ordered a navy blue midi dress from Ann Taylor. Boring, Kate chimed. It isn't boring. It's age-appropriate. Would J-Lo wear it? Um, no. J-Lo is your age. You suggest I wear something J-Lo would wear to the Mountain Town class reunion. I'm saying I don't understand why middle-aged women choose safe over stylish. Middle-aged women should be more comfortable in their skin than women in their 20s and 30s. They shouldn't care about what other people think. If there is a time in a woman's life to be bold and take risks, it's in their 50s. Kate gave her mom an impromptu pep talk. Remember last summer at the beach house? You borrowed a pair of my short shorts because you spilled wine on yours. Those guys hit on us because they thought you were my older sister. Sadie smiled at the memory. 
Those boys were probably Stevie's age. It was gross, but it made her feel young. Your dressing age-appropriate is the only time you look your age, Kate advised. Okay, Miss Fashionista. I'll show you the dress, and you tell me if we have to go to the city to buy something less age-appropriate for the reunion, Sadie compromised. I don't need to see the dress. The answer is... Girls' Day all day Thursday. We'll go to the city. Kate wrapped her arms around her mom's shoulders and kissed her on the cheek. It's a date. I'll do your hair and makeup. She added on her way out the door. Don't worry, no blue eyeshadow and I won't crimp your hair. Ivy. The class of 87 feet reunion kicked off Saturday night at Mountain Town High School. Sadie had been there since early Saturday morning to set up. She hired an event designer to reproduce their 1987 prom theme, The Time of My Life. It took a crew of contractors the entire morning to hang neon ceiling drapes, a laser light disco ball, and a giant movie screen from the gym rafters. They added inflatable Rubik's cubes and a bright colored balloon tunnel. The decor was over the top, but then, so was the 1980s. Sadie slipped away at noon to go home and get ready for the evening. She texted Steve to remind him they had to leave the house by 4.30 p.m. to welcome classmates at the school at 5 p.m. Leave the house for what? Steve texted back. The reunion? Okay, he replied. It did not surprise her he'd ignored her calendar invite, social posts and class emails, but how did he miss the giant banner hanging over Main Street? He was nodding but not listening when she told him about the great 80s cover band she'd found for the reception. A wave of disappointment overwhelmed Sadie. She'd hoped Steve was looking forward to the reunion as much as she was. Not the event per se, or even reminiscing about high school but looking forward to remembering them in 1987. She heard the garage door open at 4.40. Steve walked into the kitchen and poured himself a glass of iced tea. Sadie took a deep breath resolved to not look annoyed, and walked into the room. She wore a violet-red party dress with a high neck and cinched waist that showed her figure. Kate had worked wonders on her face, smoothing fine lines with primer and concealing age spots. Sadie typically wore her hair wavy, but Kate had blown it out to a sleek, straight bob. Sadie had to admit the girl had real talent a professional couldn't have done better. Kate trailed her mother into the kitchen. They looked at Steve expectantly. What? He said cautiously. I'm here. I'm ready. He tapped his watch as if he had been waiting on them. Kate locked eyes with her dad, urging him to say something nice to Sadie to redeem himself. What? He asked again, obviously not getting the message. Kate huffed. I hung some clothes for you to change into. In the master bathroom, Sadie sighed. I'll change quickly. Steve scurried past his wife and daughter. Well, I think you look hot, Mom, Kate said loud enough for Steve to hear as he bound up the stairs. Thanks, honey, Sadie said in a subdued voice. Principal Harst welcomed the class of 1987 at the door. Attendees signed in and received a personalized button featuring their senior picture and their names in bold. Sadie brainstormed the idea as a fun keepsake and conversation starter. Next, Mr. Harst gave a tour of the school. He pointed out signs of the 21st century, 
new metal detectors, a sleek computer lab, and a multimedia studio. The lockers are smaller than I remember. Corey Belton wrapped his knuckles on the metal. You're just bigger, Jason Anderson jeered. Principal Harst led the group to the fieldhouse. The brick and metal dome structure was gutted and remodeled in 2015. It housed an indoor track and sports courts for basketball, volleyball, soccer, and tennis. We fought hard to get funding for the remodel. Some people thought it was too much for a small mountain town, but we put out some of the best young athletes in the state. Many of them are on full scholarships to college. Investing in mountain town athletic facilities is an investment in our young people, Mr. Harst bragged. Steve nodded in agreement. Sadie rolled her eyes. You'll love the improvements to our outdoor stadium. Mr. Harst directed at Steve. He unlocked the gate and led the group past the bleachers and onto the field. Sadie stayed on the sidelines to keep her kitten heels from sinking into the turf. The sidelines were where she spent her time in high school and was most comfortable. Steve walked onto the field slowly to take it all in. Sadie studied his smiling face. He was miles away. She wondered where his mind was and why it was so much better there than here. Ryan Collins, former offensive back, cupped his hands to make a megaphone. Down the field across the line, Mountaineers, it's touchdown time. She shouted, jolting Steve back into reality. His smile widened as he patted Ryan on the shoulder. Those were the good old days, huh, Dunn? Ryan asked. The best of times, Steve agreed. Sadie felt a pang of jealousy over their shared moment. She knew it was ridiculous to take his statement literally. His high school football career was the best time of his life, not his life with her, the birth of their children. But she inadvertently took it that way. Sadie slipped out of the tour early to check on the caterer. He had created an 80s-themed menu that included Kraft mac and cheese, cocktail weenies, and whipped jell-o salad. There was an open bar at the corner of the gym. The bartender served retro cocktails and Zima. As a bonus, there were iconic 80s soft drinks Tab Cola and Wild Cherry Pepsi. The movie screen projected 80s game show trivia. The event company provided a boisterous host to up the fun factor. He wore a bright blue drape suit and carried a silver microphone into the crowd. The name of Michael J. Fox's character in Family Ties. He queried the crowd. Alex. Alex Keaton. The crowd roared. What year did Sony release the first commercial compact disc player? 1985. Buzz. Wrong. 1982. Right on. He fist-pumped for cheering classmates. Parachute Pants, the cover band, started their set at 9 p.m. Some danced to classic rock. They called it the new wave in the 80s. Others listened while socializing at neon confetti-covered tables. How have you managed not to age Sadie Hughes? Jennifer Weber, now Hines, motioned Sadie over to a table occupied by six former classmates. Jennifer patted the chair beside her. Ha. Huh. We'll see if I can peel off this dress tonight, Sadie said. I bet Steve will be glad to assist, Audrey Keel, then Vance, now Farragher said. Sadie blushed at Audrey's brashness. But even back in high school, Audrey said what was on her mind.
I'm so glad y'all came tonight. Sadie changed the subject. We had a great turnout. It's nice to get everyone together, even if it's only once a decade. We should have a reunion every five years, instead of ten. We aren't getting any younger, Shannon Kelly, now Shannon Coleman, M. D. suggested. Message me anytime you're in Mountain Town and want to grab coffee or lunch. I'm here 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. I never left, Sadie said in a self-deprecating way, and took a swig of her tab. I'm sure the hotels keep you busy, Raya Riley chimed in. It looks like business has been good. She alluded to the tourism boom in the region. All three hotels had packed parking lots. The restaurants required reservations on Fridays and Saturdays. They aren't keeping me busy. But they sure keep Steve busy. He gives them everything he's got, Sadie sighed. You must be proud of him, and his success, Raya said. Sadie felt ashamed of her resentment. Raya was right. She was proud of Steve. She scanned a crowd. His tall figure full head of pepper-gray hair stood out in the sea of slouching shoulders and beer bellies. Cooper was telling a riveting story to a captive audience. She watched as Steve and the crowd erupted in laughter. He was a good man, a handsome man. In the past, Sadie had chastened Steve's parents for not recognizing his talent. She'd condemned them for not giving him credit for his accomplishments or celebrating his successes. Now she saw that she, his wife, was also a culprit. Are you busy? Sadie texted Kate. What's up? Kate texted back. You were right about the cheerleading uniform. Can you bring it to the high school? Yep. Min. You the best smooch emoji. V. The party winded down by midnight. Couples left arm in arm, some who had too much to drink, using their better half's arm for support. Jake Raymond, a former linebacker, notoriously got drunk at every reunion. He also was notorious for bringing a new girlfriend to every reunion. The latest one was nowhere in sight. Sadie was standing at the door saying goodbye to classmates as they left. Steve touched her elbow to get her attention. I'm going to give Ray a ride home, he leaned in and whispered. Thank you, she said under her breath to not draw attention to Jake's condition. I'll be right back, he promised. Meet me at the field, she said. Steve gave her a thumbs up, assuming she needed him to unload trash in the dumpsters. Sadie saw the stragglers out. Her work was done. The Dunn Hotel cleaning crew would be there first thing in the morning, followed by the contractor's teardown team. Kate had texted a picture of the place where she left her uniform. Sadie rushed to the locker room to change. She swung by the electric room and flipped the field lights on. Steve was on his way back to the school after dropping Jake off when he noticed the stadium lit up for Friday night football. Maybe Mr. Harst had forgotten to turn them off after the tour. When he pulled up he found the gate propped open. Hello! He called. Out here. He heard Sadie's voice and followed it to the field. He saw her standing in the center of the field. We're from Mountain Town, nobody will take us down. We came to win in a landslide, our hearts are filled with hometown pride. Mountaineers, Mountaineers, 
Our hearts are filled with hometown pride. Sadie intended to end the cheer on one knee, but lost her balance and teetered onto her side. Her right palm landed a few feet away. Oops. She shouted, shaking the left palm for the finale. Steve whooped and clapped enthusiastically. He jogged over to her and lifted her off the ground as she struggled to stand up. You still got it, Sadie, he teased. Maybe I'll try out for the geriatric cheerleading division. They laughed together as Steve held her. What's all this about? He asked. I just want you to know that I'm still your cheerleader. I'm proud of the man you are. I'm proud of what you do for our family. I want to make sure you know how much I love you. She could not tell if it was the stadium lights reflecting in his eyes, or if the light that had been missing for so long had returned. I love you too, Sadie. I always have, and I always will.